everybody. Another edition of Jamal About Sports. Monday night, February 5th, post-Super Bowl 2018. Kicking us off. I can't go for that by Hall & Oates. Riding shotgun, the man, the myth, the legend. You know him. You love him. AG, what is up? Our studio audio equipment's cooperating. Decided, uh, decided it actually wants to work. Let's keep our let's keep our fingers crossed. But Got yes, a couple false starts. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen. <laughs> that is the third intro we've done so far this evening, and hopefully the third time will be the charm. Yes. Uh, so yes, we started out with some Hall and Oats. We felt apropos because since you are our resident music expert here on the show, we have our two Philly soul devotees, Hall and Oats. Exactly right. I go for that, which is fitting. When those two teams made the Super Bowl, I could not go for that. Yes. Uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have been a worst case scenario. Yeah, as I like to call it, the Sophie's Choice Super Bowl. Correct. Uh, I mean, if you were a New York fan, I mean, you don't have to be a New York fan. But most people in New York, this for most people who are New York fans, either of the Giants or the Jets, this was a, so- a Sophie's Choice Super Bowl. For you, same thing, because hate the Patriots, Cowboys fan, obviously can't stand the Eagles, and specifically their fans as well. Yep. Um, by the way, nice job out of SNL. SNL. Uh, I saw Nailed that. It. Very funny, hearkening back to uh, uh, colonial times. Exactly. Uh, under the, uh, using that as those, the framework. Those Patriots from New England. Yes, correct. And, of course, Rachel Dratch making a, 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 a return as uh, her, her classic Boston accent. You know, I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't yeah, Tommy, but it uh, wasn't Zazu, the actual character. But uh, basically the same character that she used to do with Fallon, you know, back when Jimmy Fallon was funny. Uh, and Tina Fey came offering hoagies. Yes, she did. At, at Wawa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was outstanding as well. Uh, big show to get to. Mostly Super Bowl related, of course. Um, if we can get to it, if, if there's time, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll delve into the disaster, the train wreck that is the New York Knickerbockers. So much for that optimism we had about a month and a half ago. Oh, boy, was that. I mean, that seems like uh, a lifetime ago. Uh, lots of problems over there in Nickland, which maybe we'll get to, hopefully. Try to keep us on track. Uh, see, make sure the show isn't poorly produced. And uh, we will try to... Jermaine? <laughs> we'll try to get that Reach. done. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's start with the uh, the Sophie's Choice Super Bowl, Patriots-Eagles. So I watched that game under protest, as you will know. Yes, yes. We watched the game together, by the way. We will divulge that to our uh, listening audience. So we did watch the game uh, together. It wasn't a Lions-Cowboys game, so we could actually watch. <laughs> no, no fear of fisticuffs or things being thrown or hurled across the room. So, yes, that, <laughs> we were able to watch it together. Uh yeah, look, I mean... I just turned seven, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a year away from half a century, so uh, that's a little frightening. But uh, in any event, for me, less so a Sophie's Choice because, listen, I don't have any great affinity for the Eagles or their fans. However, uh, Torrey Smith, University of Maryland product, Frank Reich, offense coordinator for the Eagles... University of Maryland product, Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator for the Eagles, former Lions coach of whom you know I am still a fan. Uh, so I didn't have a big problem rooting for the Eagles at all. Uh, under different circumstances, probably had they been playing any other team than the Patriots, I probably would have rooted against them. But because it was the Patriots, uh, it was a no-brainer for me. Well, I will make an admission. Uh, first of all, hell of a football game. Great too. game. Uh, I will make an admission by uh, by five minutes left in the game. I was rooting so heavily against the pa- the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, and it's I could. Like, I, I it's could. like my I, that, that my my hatred of the Eagles kind of just uh, it got sort of um, put on the back burner, right? And it was just I was just all 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 in on Tommy not getting number six. Yeah, and well, and as you pointed out, also the Cowboys were the last team to beat the Eagles this exactly. year. So. Shut them out. So, <laughs> so little yeah. fe- little feather in your cap. Never mind the fact very that meaningful game. Yeah, never. Uh, yeah. The Eagles didn't play anybody. Yeah, I mean Nate Sudfeld started played the whole second half, their third string quarterback. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm grabbing onto anything I can grab onto. I, I, I know, I know. No, but I mean, look, it, 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 I could tell that that. That your that your uh, your your tone certainly had changed by uh, like as you said the last five minutes of that game and you were pretty much all in and making sure the Patriots did not win that game. Uh, I put my powers to uh, to great use. Yes, yes, you did. So 
Uh, I mean, you know, look, a couple storylines here. The first of which is, you know, everybody is, is of course, giving the Eagles credit, which, which they should, um, but also trashing the Patriots D. Um, and Do you remember where they averaged seven, six, 7.6 yards a play in the, that game? The Eagles, Eagles, they may have. I mean, look, between the two teams, it's the most yards combined in a game ever, not a Super one Bowl. Punt. The whole game is one punt. Right. One punt. Uh the most yards combined in a game, in any game, in the history of the NFL. Not a Super Bowl. Was that right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Most combined yards in a game. Huh. Yeah. Oh, Brady threw for 505 yards. What was the total? Uh, let's see. Let's go to... Uh, let's see if we can get away with going to ESPN without getting uh, a, a commercial pop-up here. Um, I mean, it had to be well over 1,200 combined yards, right? Yeah. Let's see. All right. So Brady had 500 yards passing. Foles had... 373. So that's 870. That's 880, basically, right there. And then 164 yards rushing for the Eagles. And 103. So there you go. I mean, you had. Yeah. So you over 1,200. It's insane. I mean, I mean it's, so. It's like Texas, Texas Tech TCU. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like an Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game, basically. Yeah. Um, which, you know, some people. Look, I. I like a good game, you know. You could maybe get a little more defense from my liking, but you know, it was a pretty well played game. Uh, the penalties were somewhat at a minimum, of course, less for the Patriots than the Eagles. Um, but the, the whole Patriots defense thing, to me, and to pretty much I think anybody who watched, you know, paid attention to the Patriots this year, not that surprising. It's not a very good defense. No. It's not a. It's not been a good deal. Now I understand they kind of righted the ship halfway through the season, and they were they were a good scoring defense, and and ultimately that is really all that matters. Um, but uh, how many guys would you take off of their defense? Like how many, how many guys would you be like, oh, give me that guy? Yep. I mean, maybe Malcolm Brown would be a nice addition. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you. I'll tell you who I'd take off that defense. I take Trey Flowers. Right. Right. The, the pass rusher, mm-hmm. the D lineman from uh, Arkansas. I would take Stephon Gilmore as my second corner. I'd take Darius Slay over him, but he'd be my second corner. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I, I pair McCordy with with. Uh, I guess I could pair McCordy with with Glover Quinn, but I would take Glover Quinn over McCordy at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I already had Kyle Van Noy. He was a disaster. <laughs> uh, none of the other Patriots linebackers, by the way, none of whom anybody even knows who they are. I mean, I guess Hightower if he's healthy, but he wasn't playing the game. So let's focus on the guys who played. That's what. That's what right. I mean. Yeah. Um, and maybe Malcolm Butler as a slot corner, although the Patriots apparently decided they didn't like him anymore because he didn't play at all last night. Right, and they played a guy I'd never heard of. Uh, Jordan Richards, you yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, Whoever he might be. Yeah, and they started Eric Rowe over Malcolm Butler. And, of course, Belichick gave you the whole, you know, we didn't made the decision that gave us the best chance to win the oh, game. He's insufferable. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, and I want to, I, I don't want to get off topic too quickly here, though. Did you watch that thirty for thirty, the two Bills? No, it's on my list. You should watch it. I watched I heard it. It's very good. It's really good. And the one thing I'll come away. Well, there's a lot of things you take away from it, but the big one for me is all that mumbling and all that stuff that Belichick does. All an act. It's all an act. Yeah. It's all a hundred percent. Nobody can be that much of a creep. It's just right. impossible. You can't. I mean, especially if you're him. He does what he loves for a living. He's arguably the best to ever do it. He's been paid, uh, you know, and deservedly so, extremely handsomely to do. What? What? What well, is there to be a, grumpy well, about all the time? Born out of just a total disdain for the for the people he's 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 speaking I, to. I guess you know. Look, watch the show. You'll see. I mean. He wasn't always like this, right? So you'll and I forgot some of the details around the whole fiasco. You know, he was head coach of the Jets twice, never coached the game. Yeah, right. Mm. He was. They named him head coach when they were trying to get Parcells out of his contract with New England to come coach the Jets. So remember the Jets. By the way, only the Jets would do this, right? Only the Jets would do. Bill Belichick's going to be our coach. Bill Parcells is going to be a consultant. Um. And we have a succession plan or something ridiculous Ugh. like that in place. That is so <laughs> and then what they did was oh, they God. finally, you know, Tagley Boo, who was the commissioner at the time. Can you imagine being a Jets fan? <laughs> well, oh, you did, oh, you, yeah, yeah. In your early years. You, I, you, you I was. I mean, as you well know, I was a Jets fan. And I mean, 
being a Lions fan, I mean, recently it's been slightly better, but it, over, in its totality, not exactly a major upgrade. In your, yeah, in your, in your, your football choices. Yeah, I mean, well, that's and that's that. that, that was that, up. Oh, thanks, ESPN. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, right. Out of the blue. Yeah. Out of the blue. I didn't. Did you? you no, no, no. For, for the listeners out there, because this has happened to me before, and I've done a show by myself. Did, did I click on anything? Was that user error there? That uh, happens where the, the where you know where the, uh, the the ads go on delay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks, ESPN. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and by the way, it's for, for ESPN promoting uh, a basketball game that I couldn't care less about. Uh, Seize Cavs. Doesn't matter. Any any basketball game, mm-hmm. I, I could care less about. I couldn't care less about. What what is the proper term? Couldn't care less, right? If I could care less, then I mean I could care. care. Right, then I would care, right. So yes, I couldn't care less about. Um, by the way, that's another can, how how is it that nobody now all of a sudden understands that the word is indefensible and not undefensible, undefensible. It is indefensible to use, to use the, the word, word undefensible. undefensible. Correct. Yes, correct. Thank you. I mean, I yeah, anyway, I, 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 I don't know why that popped into my head, but it did. Um, but anyway, getting back to the Belichick thing. So he had to do like two different press con- – it, it was a whole mess. Uh, you saw him in these press conferences. He, he wasn't exactly Mr. You know, yuck it up gregarious guy, but he wasn't what he, this, this persona that he's taken on. He wasn't – we're on to Miami. Right, yeah, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, maybe – Part of it was, you know, Parcells loved as much as he would chide the media. He he ate it up, like he loved it, right? He loved sparring with the media, loved giving yeah. them a hard time, and maybe that was part of his. Belichick wanted to cast, uh, you know, his own uh, figure, as it were, uh, in dealing with the media. Maybe so he decided that was the route he wanted to take. Who knows? Uh, getting back to the game, uh, I thought the biggest thing to me that stood out was the fact that uh, Doug Peterson. Right, the head coach of the Eagles did what no other coach, except for maybe the Giants, uh, does against the Patriots, and that is he he did not play he didn't play to not lose. He was aggressive. He'd been aggressive all year. He did what got them there. He did got he did what got them through the uh, the playoffs. Right, went for it on fourth and goal when they were up. What was the score at that time? Twelve. What was the score? I don't know what the score was. Hold on. It was at the end of the first half. So they were up. They were up. Uh, nine and six is what? 15. 12. Yeah, they were up 15 12. They could have gone up 18 12 with the field goal there mm-hmm. and gone up six going into the half. And instead, they went for it on fourth and goal from the two. Ran the trick play that the Lions, the same play the Lions ran in a, a game against um, the Packers uh, in the last game of the year for a two point conversion, where you know they did the, the the shovel pass to the running back who lateraled it to the tight end who then threw to a wide open Nick Foles for a touchdown. Brilliant play call, but again, more than the play call itself was the fact that he said, "Screw it, you know what? I'm going we, for it." By the way, we were also questioning that, questioning at the time, saying, hmm, "Yes, kick the field goal here." I, I, I will admit, I thought you should kick the field goal there, um, take the points. You know, nothing wrong being up six at half. Um, the big quibble we had was earlier in the half when he decided to go for two after they missed the extra point on their first touchdown yeah. to try to get to 17 points. And you know, we we've chronicled. Many times on this show, John Fox points before you need to. It always comes back to bite you. Well, and specifically in the Super Bowl, John Fox did it when he was on the pan when he was the head coach of the Panthers when they lost, lost, lost in the Super Bowl. Basically, I mean, it basically lost in the Super. I mean, I've, I, we've chronicled it many times. I'm not going to run through that uh, scenario again. Although it was nice to see that I was vindicated in that by Gary Myers of all people, who I generally don't agree with anything that that guy writes, a football writer for the Daily News, but he chronicled that in yesterday's paper. Yeah, so that. Um, Talked about how also uh, how and, and basically again how Mike how coaches right kind of get out of what they do or like Mike Martz apparently was stubborn to a fault he insisted on throwing 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 the Patriots basically said we're gonna we'll let you run Marshall Falk and Marshall Falk was obviously I think it was the MVP of the league that year maybe Warner was but Marshall Falk was a great player it wasn't like he was over the hill he was still in his prime and they were basically saying go ahead and run the ball. And he refused to run the ball. And apparently, 
you know, this is, you know, whatever. You take it for, for what it's worth. But as per this article, apparently Rams players were saying, what are we doing? Run, coach, run the ball. Run. And he was like, no, we're going we're gonna to do this my do way. what we do. Yeah, we're going to do it my way. We do it my well. I mean, but they did run the ball a lot that year too with Marshall Fox. Like, I mean, he had a really good year. Yeah. I mean, I know they were the greatest show on turf. They were past first team, but anyway, there was that. There was the John Fox idiotic decision to go for two point conversion. You know, to give them, themselves a three point lead because what Belichick's going to go try to tie you guys with the field goal and play for overtime? Please, that was dumb. Um, there was, of course, the infamous not running the ball to give the ball to uh, Marshawn Lynch on the goal line, the right. Seahawks Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and what was the other one? Uh, oh, and last year, Atlanta. You, you, you could probably name 20 plays in that game. Right. Oh, the Seattle game? No, the uh, the Falcons game. Oh, and then the, last year, the Falcons game. Exactly. Where they, you know, so so anyway. And then this year, Jacksonville did the same thing, right? They got a, they had a, they got a lead, and then... They went, you know, they, they they were aggressive early. They did a lot of play action on first down early in that game. And then all of a sudden they tried to, you know, take the air out of the ball and run the clock out, basically. You're not beating this team like that. You are not going to beat the Patriots like that. When you have, you know, basically when you have a chance, uh, you know, you, it's, like, it's like Dr. Evil and Austin Powers, right? Yeah, I'm going to create a, a very uh, intricate and, a, and an elaborate. Just assume that everything has come to pass. <laughs> exactly, you're going to create an elaborate trap to kill him. And easily escapable, <laughs> right? And then walk out of the room and assume that everything will work out. And you you have to go for the kill shot against the Patriots. If you but... don't have sharks with the freaking laser beams, <laughs> exactly. So I mean, so I give Doug Peterson a ton of credit, but of course, I think the biggest play, the big, biggest call of the game was when they went for it on fourth and two from midfield. On with, the last drive. On the last drive, with like five well, minutes it left. Was, it, well, yeah. Second to last drive. Yeah. Second to last drive, that was right. The go-ahead go touchdown score. The Zach Ertz touchdown drive, yeah. right? Yes. Because, what, there was about 5.40 left in the game. They were at midfield, maybe just on the other side of the Worst, 50. worst case scenario, the Patriots score, kick a field goal, then the, you, know, you still, you're, you're, still you're, have a chance. And chances are the Pats aren't going to run it down to the, to the, you know, to the last second. You know, like right. half a field, right. you're, you're going to get the ball back. Right, so right. it's a pretty good calculated gamble. There. Right, whereas if you punt, you're going to probably get a whole 30 yards of field position. And right? they're going to go right down the field and score anyway. Correct. And, but in that scenario, they will milk every milk second point. of the clock. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, you haven't stopped them all game. They haven't punted all game. Yep, exactly. See, and that's, that's a coach that is dialed into what's going on in the game and, and under coaching for that specific moment. Unlike my former head coach, who I will go back, I will go to my grave saying this, that yes, they picked up the pass interference flag against you guys. I get that. We still had a fourth and less than two or around two at around midfield. And the whole momentum in that game was starting to swing. And that's absolutely a spot we needed to go for it. And yes, I understand he was not expecting his punter to rip off a 10-yard punt there. But <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, it was the wrong decision. Even had Sam Martin pinned you guys on the 5-yard line, it was still the wrong decision, in my humble opinion. So You've, You pegged that game as, your, as the worst loss of your, of your career. I mean, you know, it's uh, not, and it's not even close. And you've had some... Even worse than Eddie Murray? Uh, That's got to be the worst. Um, That's got to be the worst. You know what? That's a tough one. I, I, I think because I was so angry because of the penalty flag being picked up in that game against you guys, I think that was that, that made it worse. Mm-hmm. And, then if, and then, of course, it was talked about ad nauseum for weeks on end, too. Yeah. So it just poured more salt in the wound. You know, the Eddie Murray game, that was bad because... I was so young still, right? That was 83. I was 14 years old. I hadn't been lionized yet, right? I didn't know that this is what happens to the lions. I thought... So yeah, you still you had some idea that that's well. Remember, you just hadn't lived it, lived through it. Well, I'd only been through it a couple times. I mean, we had the Thanksgiving Day game where uh, uh, the Bears. David Williams. David Williams. David Williams. The shortest overtime game in history. <laughs> <laughs> the opening kickoff of overtime return for a touchdown. Which, by the way, the Lions blew a twenty to three lead in the fourth quarter of that game. Vince Evans came off the bench for the Bears okay. and ran in a touchdown with about ten seconds left to. 
by the game. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean that. So yeah, I, I had experienced some some ridiculous loss. But remember, also in those days, it's not like I got to see every game the way I do now. And so yeah. the, you know, it was an air of mystery. You know, really not. Still, you were you were. You were about to you were about to pull off a huge upset against on, on the road against the mighty 49ers when G- Gary Danson threw five picks in that game. Correct. And you were still correct a field goal away from winning that game. Joe Montana and company. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Rice wasn't on that team yet. Freddie Solomon was their best receiver, but nevertheless, it was definitely a huge upset. And uh, yeah, and the, of course, the ironic thing is Eddie Murray made two fifty-plus yard field goals in that game. Which, by the way, and at, yeah, at that time in an outdoor stadium, nobody kicked fifty-yard field goals. Not and certainly not two in one game. And that was candlestick too, right? Which is a notoriously impossibly hard place to kick field goals. So, and that was a four. So he lines up for a forty-three yarder. I'm like, this is money in the bank because I didn't know. Still, see, I right. didn't know. I wasn't. Right. I, I had no way of knowing. Fully indoctrinated. Yeah. Yet. So you know, I mean, I literally cried after that game. I, I upended a, a cheese platter that my mother had put out that ended up on the floor, and so I had to. I got to feel the wrath of Kathy Hayden on top of everything else. By, by the way, rightfully so on her part. I mean, uh-huh. ridiculous behavior by me. But at least so, so glad, so glad it subsided over the years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've really grown out of it. Um, so yeah, but that Cowboys game was that 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 was that was really brutal. That 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 one was really tough to take. So anyway, Doug Peterson, I give him a ton of credit for understanding. The circumstances of at, at that specific time of that specific game, rather than saying, you know, oh no, well, what, I mean, it, but I, you know what? It's a very Belichick-like move. Remember, Belichick tried. It was a regular season game, but he tried something similar to that in a game against the Colts, and they didn't get it. Oh, that was uh, yeah, it was like it was like seven, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. and he got you know right. he, he got right. ripped and, for and, right. it, and then the Colts went down the field and uh, yeah. right and won the game. Yeah, but meanwhile, by the way, didn't you guys? I don't know if it was a playoff game or it was a big uh, late season game. Didn't Jimmy Johnson or was it Barry Switzer go for fourth and one from like your own thirty in game against the oh, that Eagles? Was overtime against the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Was that Jimmy Johnson? That was Barry Switzer. That was Barry Switzer. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was a pretty gutsy call. Yeah. <laughs> it's gutsy uh, when you make it. Well, right. I, I know. I mean, listen, of course. But that's the thing. You cannot coach afraid. You yeah. can't coach afraid, especially against the Bill Belichick Patriots. You cannot do it. So, look, uh, exciting game. I thought that was, the, to me, that was real, the, the real difference. I mean, look, it, it was it was somewhat unsatisfying for a Patriot hater uh, in the sense that you know Brady played great. I mean, right. he was unbelievable. Right. That last touchdown he threw to Gronkowski, you can't get a better throw than that. No. I mean, he was great. Although, you know what? He didn't play that great early. He missed some throws early that he normally does not miss. It was I, when he missed Gronk wide open. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, like you know, a couple of years ago where uh, Giselle was like, he can't catch the ball too. Right. So of course they throw the ball and it goes right through his hands. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course. Oh, oh, to Tommy. Yeah. All Tommy. right. That's right. The reverse play that the that the Patriots tried with Brady was wide open, and and, uh, and yeah. it, it went off the. Yeah. I, look, it, you're asking a lot for a guy who never catches a pass to make an over the shoulder pass. It was not the same thing as Foles. Foles was standing there right, so with his face. He was facing. Face, yeah, he was yeah. facing the ball. Brady had to make a, a catch over his shoulder that you know you expect an NFL receiver to make, but I mean that's. It wasn't the easiest. Yeah, but it's Tommy, so you just figure, of course, he's going to make it. Right. I believe I, I was. I was shocked he didn't catch it. Um, but uh, yeah. we, we got to get into the two, you know, the two quote unquote controversial yes. touchdown catches. Yeah, that was because that would have been the most fitting end to the, to the to the season where the where the Patriots they get and they win another one and now they win the Super Bowl on, on, on they, they, three games. Correct. One game they they one game they flat won because of the reversal. The Steelers game, yeah, and the other two uh, the games kind of flipped. You know, they probably win against the Jets they, against the Bills. They probably win those games anyway. But yes, but you know, the, the, at the point that those, that those plays happened, those, those games they were, were close games. Grass. Yes, and that, the Jets know. game especially. The Bills ended up they ended up being in a blowout, but the Jets three, game especially. Not one, not two, but three ridiculous reversals that uh-huh. all went were all called touchdowns on the field. Correct. That all went the Patriots' way. Correct. All three of them, and then you know, and then and then you had these two in the Super Bowl. Correct. And you're just assuming. I, mean, I just assumed that they that they would get overturned. What did I Which say? Would have been the most fitting end. What. What did I say? This is not a setup. What did I say to you after the first Eagles touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey when they showed the replay a couple of times 
and they didn't really show that many angles. What did I say? That it wasn't conclusive. No, I, I said that, but what I also said was, I bet you that Goodell or somebody went to the outliver oh, so, on. So, yeah, we can't have this. We thing. cannot, unless it, it has to be so egregious. Right, yeah, somebody must have, must have put in a, must have, must have whispered something. It, it has to be, he must have said, guys, look. When, when, the entire credibility of the league, which is already, you know, on. on in uh, serious uh, jeopardy. You know, yes. They're, they're already, like, you know, wobbling. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, the last thing it have is is, uh, Guys, is a controversial overturning. Correct. We cannot on our biggest stage on our signature event of the year. We're not just NFL fans; the whole world is watching. We cannot have the story, the narrative be this stupid league doesn't even know what a catch is and what's not a catch. Can't be. Oh, do you remember? Speaking of which, do you remember the? I forgot what number it was, but when you got when the Cowboys played the Broncos. Uh, in the Super Bowl. Oh, Butch Johnson when he dove and it was a complete not catch, but at that time it was considered a catch. Is that what you're talking about? Was it Drew Pearson or Butch Johnson? Butch Johnson. The one where he dove and as soon as he hit the ground, the ball comes loose. Right in the I middle guess, of the end zone. I mean, that shouldn't have even been a catch back then, but at that time, he that gets was up and, a catch. And, he, and he drops the ball. He gets up and he drops the ball. Well, he didn't even get up. He he had the ball in his he hands and when turned soon as he over. Hit the ground, right. No, right. As soon as he hit the ground, the ball came out. But at right. that time, as soon as the, as soon as you possessed the ball, right, he didn't even have to come down. Play was over. Yeah. Right. So I mean, so te- according to one the of the rules, greatest touchdowns in Super Bowl history by today's idiotic rules wouldn't be a touchdown. Correct. Correct. Okay. Thank you. I, the reason I just saw I just saw that play, uh, and I remember it. I remember like at the time thinking like that shouldn't be a catch. Right. I mean, he did not control that in your line. But at that time that the rule mm-hmm. said that was a catch. That was the thing. If you had the ball in your hands and you were in the end zone and broke the plane, the play was then whistled dead. Didn't matter if you if you when you when you hit the correct ground, the ball came loose. Didn't matter. I don't understand why nobody's pointing this out. They're tr- try- They're acting like this stupid catch rule has been in. In in been the rule in the NFL for for, for time uh, since the beginning of time. It has not. It started the year in 2010 with the Calvin Johnson play. Right. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so yeah. And obviously, so, and then uh, obviously the Dez Dez play. Correct. Which, which you know haunts Cowboy fans. Correct. Each and every day. No, but I I I listen. I have no proof of this. I don't know any of this. But I'm convinced that could, somebody had to have whispered something. And it's probably Goodell. And he went to Al Riveron, who's the head guy in New York, who runs the replay process, and said, look, Al, unless it is egregious and obvious to everybody, go with the call on the field. Okay? So the Corey Clement one, by by today's standards, the ball did kind of move. Probably an incomplete pass. But it was called a touchdown on the field. Correct. And the second one... Because they've convoluted this rule now and made it so ridiculous, people don't. Was I not screaming from the very beginning last night? The guy's a runner. He took three steps as a touchdown. Right. I, I thought it was four, but then it turned out to be three. It was three. But the. Uh, but I think you know. I think the the, con- the the controversy there was you know was did he have it long enough to be a runner? Three steps. Common sense. Yes. Again, that's what I'm saying. They 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 poison. And, and, and by the way. By the way, so then when he dove for the end zone, his hands are underneath the ball. Correct. So the ball comes loose. I don't think the ball even even hit the ground. But but again, I mean, yes, the, the yes, the ground caused the ball to come up. Come up th- again. This is what we're t- we're even the fact, the fact that we're, that we're even, even talking about giving, this giving air time to this. is ridiculous. They poison the well so ridiculously now with this stupid catch rule that what for eighty five years was obvious to people who maybe never even watched football would know it was a catch and a touchdown. We're now trying to parse. Millimeter by millimeter, frame by frame, whether or not that's a touchdown, that's ridiculous. And I'm glad, by the way, it took eight years for the stupid league to figure out that this is not what people want to see. So now finally they're going to change the rule. How about this, dummies? Just change it back to what it was before you came up with this ridiculous process and survive the ground nonsense. Yeah, that makes it just it, it, the whole spirit of the rule is just moronic. I, I, I know. I mean, can we just apply some common sense, please? No, no. Well, I mean, well, well, they did. I mean, they, they could, yesterday they, they did. could not. Um, yeah, I'm saying last night they couldn't. On that stage at this particular point in time, yes, there's no way that they could have had a, like a, a Super Bowl completely being uh, being derailed. That's correct. That is correct. All right, so. we're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after this.
back here on the Super Bowl edition of Jamal About Sports. Of course, Sir Elton John with Philadelphia Freedom taking us out of break. The uh, the, the very flamboyant one, shall we say? Mr. The ubiquitous Elton John. Yes, indeed. I mean, that, that, that dude has been around. Uh, that song, I, I... Fantastic has been around a long time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes, Benny and the Jets has been around for many, many, many years. Uh, all right, coming back out of break, a we'll, uh, couple of storylines post Super Bowl. So obviously, a lot in of- Philadelphia. Don't, don't say we don't. We never give you anything. That's right. Well, it's funny. I, I listened to our, our our draft show from last year, our draft recap show. As you we remember, the draft was held in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and uh, you and I were not. All that enamored with uh, the crowd turnout and or the uh, I believe what I I believe the quote from myself was, uh, hey, Eagles fans, you can try and make fly Eagles fly a thing. That song. It's not a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Shows what I know. And of course, you know, Drew Pearson, uh, quote unquote, trolls. Right. Eagles fans. Yes. And of course, they win the Super Bowl. You pointed so. that out. You And then you pointed that out. As a matter of fact, it's like I'm having deja vu all over again. You pointed that out. That Drew Pearson, the former Cowboy, when he read the pick, he trolled the Eagles fans and Brian Dawkins and some other – who was the other Eagle? I think they got all you – know, they yeah. personally right. what they do. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They have no yeah. sense of humor. Yeah. Anyway. And so. Brian Dawkins, who, who, who uh, made the Hall of Fame because he, you know, because he yelled at everybody and he dances all the time. Ah. And my guy, Everson Walls, doesn't get to make the, the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Hey. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He, he, that's good. He he was a he was a nice player. He's Brian Dawkins is a good player, all pro player, Pro Bowl player. The fact that Everson Walls is not in the uh, in the Hall of Fame is just embarrassing. Absolute joke. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? It doesn't make any sense. Guy was a dominant cornerback. I, I don't get it. Led the league in interceptions three I, years. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. It don't make no kind of sense. Exactly. I do not understand. Yeah. Uh, so now you know the question moving forward. Couple of questions, right? Nick Foles MVP. You know, uh, again, I mean, boy, I have my finger on the pulse. I told a couple of friends of mine who are Philly fans, I mean, look, I know he played great against Minnesota. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but, I mean, that was the game of his life. No way he's going to be able to play that well again. Uh, and, and I, as you know, I've been saying all year I don't think the Patriots' defense is any good. But, um, obviously, I mean, he was the end. throwing against the likes of Jonathan Batamosi. I mean, at some point, <laughs> at some point, Patriots fans, I mean, it's you true. can't just throw a bunch of no-names out there and just always – Expect things to go your way. Uh, exactly. I mean, you, Lawrence but if, Guy. But if you're a Patriots fan, you rightfully expect everything to go your way because right. everything always goes your way. Lawrence Guy. Literally, the guy's last name is Guy, as in I'm just a guy. Exactly. A, a defense alignment. Like, you know, Malcolm Brown, he's okay. I mean, I know he's a first round pick. He's all right. He hasn't exactly set the world on fire. You know, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about Kyle Van Noy's failure with the Lions. Um, you know, he gives Patricia a lot of credit for that. But anyway, so now, of course, now the new, the next hot quarterback uh, is Nick Foles, right? Because they've got Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz ostensibly coming back. Um, so what do you do with Nick Foles if you're the Eagles? Do you try to trade him to another team? Uh, and yeah, see that, that's going to make a pretty interesting dynamic there. The only, one thing I, I, I give you one name uh, as a cautionary tale for Super Bowl MVPs. Joe Flacco. Mm. Uh, he had that, you know, he was the MVP of the Super Bowl when Ravens beat the 49ers. They gave him that massive contract, and it has been an absolute disaster ever since. Yeah. Uh, it has hamstrung that team from a salary cap standpoint. So before you want to go ahead and give up a, a bunch of draft picks and or, because uh, I believe Foles only has one more year left on his contract, so you'd probably have to give him an extension. Um, so maybe they pull off another deal like they did with Sam Bradford, where they just uh, they hold the team up. Maybe I mean maybe they do. You know, remember they remember they uh, they they, uh, they gave up the farm to be able to move to up get tra- drafts, Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz, right? And then the following year they got everything back for. Uh, for yeah, I mean, not necessarily everything, uh, but yeah, they got they got a first round pick back from the they, Vikings. They had a hell of a draft this year, which I think is, if I recall, I think I picked them out. Pick them out as being uh, major winners. Yeah, we both like their draft uh, very much. Absolutely. Um, and but, remember, they also drafted the in the second round the corner from Washington, who was hurt all year. Um, that's right. That's right. 
and why, of course, his name's escaping me. Uh, uh, not, you know, not Kevin King, the other guy. Right, actually right, right, out. right, right, right. Kevin King's on the Packers. He towards knee at a, uh, or is Achilles? Or yeah, Achilles. Pro day. Correct. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, uh, forgot his name. Anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. Look. It's just it's, it'll be interesting, right? You've got Kirk Cousins out there. All three quarterbacks with the Vikings are free agents. Um, you've got a big, strong, supposedly a strong draft class with quarterbacks. So it'll be very interesting to see. But again, I, I you know, not and I don't, again, Nick Foles had, he had a year where he threw twenty seven touchdowns and only two interceptions. Different offense it was Chip Kelly's offense, but uh, you could do worse than Nick Foles. But sixteen games, you know, it's yeah. guys can get hot. Right. At the right time. They can look good against a bad defense. I mean, here we are. I mean, when you wouldn't think, you know, talking about the Patriots, because as many no-names as they always throw out there in big spots, they always get the big stop. They right. always do whatever they need to do. But their other defense obviously did not look very good, which leads me to ask you the question. Yes, sir. So, uh, so how, how are you feeling about Matty Pats right now? Yeah, so Matt Patricia, it's the worst-kept secret. Well, it's finally official today, but the worst-kept secret in the NFL was he's going to be the Lions' next head coach. Uh, the burly, bearded uh, defensive coordinator for this Patriots. The rocket scientist. Yeah, and literally with rocket. Pencil, with the pencil in his ear. Yes. So lit- he's, he's got a few things he's going to have to overcome Yeah, uh, if things start going wrong, in, uh, particularly in New yeah. York. Yeah, I mean, looking, you know, looking like a hobo uh, is all well and good when you win games. But don't be giving me that nonsense as my head coach, uh, and, and I'm going to be 1-3 after the first four games. No. <laughs> it's going to wear real thin. Give it, give it 500 yards a game. Yeah, it's going to wear real thin real fast. Um, look, I, you know, I, 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 you, you could not have told me when the Lions hired Jim Schwartz he was not the right hire. There's no, no one was going to convince me that he was not the right man for the job. Uh, and I still think he's going to be a good head coach in this league somewhere. But, um, so, you know, look, what, what do I know? I, I do know this. I knew that Martin Mornenweg was a horrible choice. Uh, I knew that Rod Marinelli was a terrible choice. Uh, Stevie Mooch, you didn't at the time. You, you he he had a big hard. name, right? He had a big name, but he was really a, a, a product of a lot of hype and and also a good situation in San Francisco, right? right? I mean, but it wasn't like uh, when you got Mornenwegged. No, no. Well, I mean, first when, of all, nice got, name. When you got wegged, right? Nice, nice name. Number one. Yeah, you're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, Marty Mordenweg, yeah. kind of like dumpies. Yeah. Just, just. Well, and here's and here here was all you needed to know, right? So I believe it was like the first or second practice, right? In two a days, uh, he he, you know, I guess the practice wasn't going great or whatever. There's you know, it was a little sloppy, which a lot of times early on that that happens. And you know, I think this was even you know, this was back in two thousand, right? So I don't think they had as many OTAs and stuff as they do now, right? So. More apt to have sloppy play. He stormed out on his motorcycle on his oh, Harley, that. right, right, and basically right, yeah. a everybody little, a, little, a little forced. And he, so he lost the team, like you know, right pretty away. much right away. Everybody yeah. laughed, and it was people, like people see right through. It that. was like that hard knocks when 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 Herm Edwards uh, came off the bus with those those signs or whatever. He was trying to give member. And, and the, the, I didn't guys watch started, that season. The guy started season, laughing at him. The I, be, I forget who the cornerback was at the time. Uh, they started laughing at him because it was such a like goofy high school rah rah thing. Anyway, getting back to my my thoughts on Matt, Matt Patricia. Look, Bob Quinn, the GM, knows him. They were in New England together for ten years. Uh, everyone, every person to a man, from former players to coaches in this league, says this guy is ready to be a head coach. Right? He's forty two. He's a tireless worker, and he's smart as hell. Now, uh, the Patriots gave up 41 points last night. They got gashed by, by the Eagles. I don't care. I, I, I'm not concerned. I'm not, I'm not going to say, oh, how could you hire Matt Patricia as your coach? You know, the Patriots did. Again, they, they don't have any personnel. It's a miracle they made it to the Super Bowl with the personnel that they have. And, he's and been, not just this year. Uh, correct. And he, by the way... He turned Kyle Van Noy into a good player. Literally. Guy Kyle, couldn't do anything for your squad. I've never seen a guy do. I mean, and they tried all kinds of things. They tried to make him a, a rusher. He was bad at that. They tried to have him drop in coverage. He couldn't do that. They tried to make him a stack linebacker point of attack. He couldn't do that. They tried, I mean, they, he was bad at everything. 
And he's not a star for the Patriots by any stretch, but he's a he's a useful player for them. He makes plays every game you watch. He's making plays. And and Kyle, one of the Lions writers, interviewed him and asked him, "What do you attribute this fact that you had no success with the Lions and you've been successful here?" And he said, "And this is not." And he was very very careful to point out that he was not taking shots at the Lions coaching staff. It was solely in praise of Patricia. And he said, "The coaching here." And apparently, Patricia literally would have meetings with him at five thirty in the morning or ten o'clock at night. I mean, just all over him, uh, you know. And in a good, obviously, in a good way, not in a bad way. In a good way, spent a lot of time with him and got him to, you know, look. You and I, we both like Kyle Vannoy coming out of college. He was not supposed to be a bad player. He's supposed to be a good player. Yeah. So, um, look. All indications are he's the right guy for the guy. Here's the biggest thing with me for him. You could have the bushy beard and, and wear a pullover and do all that stuff. That, that's, a, that, that's who he is, right? Be who you are, right? Don't try to be Bill Belichick. So if you're not a, creepy, a, a, a grumpy creep all the time or that's the persona that Belichick likes to put out there, then don't do that, right? If you want to be a little gregarious, you want to be affable, then be that guy. In the immortal words of Ben Stiller and Starsky and Hutch, be yourself. Right. That's what's really cool. Yeah, there you go. But seriously, he's got to just be himself, right? So what will be interesting, though, to see is, of course, the first some some the first controversy that pops up, whether it's cutting a player, pulling a player in a game, maybe a, maybe if there's a clock mismanagement issue or not, you know, some kind of controversy, how he handles it. Right, he handled last night uh, with the plum. I mean, he basically said, "Look, I wasn't good enough. I, di- I didn't make the right calls. So I took it all on himself. wasn't defensive. Right. Didn't, didn't try to make excuses. You know, and as long as he just does that and keeps the same way, look, players have to know you're authentic, right? They'll they can smell a phony a mile away. Right. So as long as he's true to himself and does we and look, here's here's my other biggest thing, right? For a long, long time, since I've been a Lions fan, there's always been this pervasive air of – they and, and, and I don't know – I can't point my finger to the coaches, the media, ownership. It's almost – the fans, it's almost like a collective. They anoint superstars, right? Eddie Murray was a superstar, lost in the 49ers game. You know, uh, Jason Hansen was a superstar. Never made a, a, a goddamn kick that mattered. You know, uh, they just—they always anoint guys who have a little bit of success, superstars. So it'd be interesting to see. You know, uh, Sam Martin—he made the Pro Bowl last year. He's a superstar punter. He was awful this year. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he takes, if he does what the Patriots do, which is you know they're they are cold and calculating. Some might say to a fault, like the Malcolm Butler situation last night. Um, if he, do we know what was going on with it? Nobody knows. I mean, nobody knows. It, it, Belichick claims it wasn't disciplinary. Malcolm Butler basically tried to be quiet, and then he finally snapped and said, "Yeah, they, they kind of did me wrong, basically." Mm. Um, and you know, the ironic thing, of course, is that his replacement, Eric Rowe, gave up a couple of touchdowns and not a particularly strong game. Right. Um, although I don't know that Malcolm Butler would have made a difference on that first touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey. Eric Rowe is six one, and he couldn't go up and get it. Malcolm Butler's five nine if he's lucky, so he certainly wasn't going to make a difference on that particular play. Um, but anyway, getting back to Patricia, look, he's, he's got to be himself. He's got to be authentic. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he somehow, you know, look, I don't think there needs to be a massive culture change, right? I've said this before. Caldwell is a, is, is a decent coach. You know, he wasn't a horror show. You know what? Uh, the, the, he was an adult. Players liked him. For the most part, they played hard for him. They won. They had three, three winning seasons, the four seasons he was there. You know, look. There's a decent foundation there. And I, I would argue the Lions have more talent on their defense than the Patriots do on theirs. What will be interesting to see is if he does what he did in New England, which is, you know, we, we'll play that week based on who the opponent is, right? So some weeks we might play a 4-3. Some players might make a 3-4. Some, some weeks we might be in nickel the whole game or 50% of the game. Some weeks we might be in, you know, that's, that's what I want to see. Right. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I want to see. There isn't going to be a massive shift and change, I don't think. I mean, a couple little details here or there. The difference between 9 and 7 and 11 and 5. 
So and it's nice to know that your coach is uh, you know is putting in the hours. I mean, and obviously all these coaches, like probably the worst, you know, the the, the least uh, hardworking coach in the NFL, right? Works ridiculous hours. That's true. That's true. It's not like the old days where Steve Spurrier, you know, was was leaving at four o'clock to go get a, a nine holes of golf in when he was coaching the Redskins. I mean, that, those days are long gone. Right, Bob Stoops. Right. Yeah. Bob Stoops. Yeah, wasn't he known for not uh, working a real long day? The Oklahoma, Oklahoma coach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I, I, I never heard that. Maybe. I, yeah, I, I just I, I remember Spurrier hated the fact that when he left college and went to the NFL, that was one of the things he hated because he's like, wait, what? Well, what is going on over here? But, yeah, dude, I mean, I think I told you this story before. I mean, back in the late 90s, 99, when Shags was one of the coaches on the line staff and Bobby Ross, the head coach there, I went to minicamp. We got to the Silver Dome at 630 in the morning for minicamp in right. April after right. the draft. And, and and players were getting there at 730. I mean, you know, these guys guys work ridiculous hours in the NFL. Yeah. So Matt Patricia's not the first guy to sleep in his office, and he won't be the last. But, but by all accounts, he's uh, he takes every one of these hours like to heart. Correct. He he's insane. That's basically yeah. what it comes. You know, you have so to have. Can, that's what you want. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. It's probably not healthy, right? It's probably not a healthy existence, work life balance. But uh, if if you, it kind of describes my former manager, Mr. Girardi. Yeah, exactly. It lives and dies with every you know every single second. Totally consumed with winning. Yeah, that's basically the bottom line. So it'll be interesting to see if I mean I would imagine. Look, he's an assistant. He wants to make a name for himself. He's forty-two. He's not coming here to get a big contract and retire like Mariucci did, right? He wants to make a name for himself. So I don't think you know because. I think a lot of times, sometimes, you know, you see a lot of times these Patriots players, when they do leave and they go to other teams, they're never as successful. Part, part, rarely are they as successful. Not always, but a lot of times. Part of it, I think, is obviously the coaching as far as strategy and X's and O's is concerned. But I also think part of it is it's got to feel like a fucking vacation, excuse my French, leaving the Patriots. Wait, 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 where's the sentence? Where's the <laughs> oh, yeah, I just pulled the Kevin Hart. Um, nice, it's nice. got It's, it's got to feel like a, a vacation sometimes. You leave the Patriots and go to another team. You know what I mean? The Patriots keep you in check, right? They like they, they you're everybody. There's something to be said for the Patriot way, as much as you, as much yeah. as yeah. Look, they got five Super Bowls to to, to attest. To I it. mean, as much as we moan and groan about officiating and all the other stuff or whatever, I mean, you know, look, the bottom they're better than everybody. The bottom line, well, they've gotten they've gotten a bunch they've of breaks. Gotten every break you could possibly get, but they but they never don't take advantage of a break. And they and by the way, they've made eight Super Bowls. So I mean, they made eight. Yeah, I, I, I I take that, and he, you know, insane. so I, I mean, whatever. So yes, um, yeah, we can talk about how they've never had any competition in their division and barely in their conference. It's very true. Well, they had the Colts for and the Steelers, but definitely the division. They've never had a team. They never had like three or four teams that had a legitimate shot at beating them. It's and not like the year was maybe only one team that possibly could. Have it is nothing like the crucible that, that used to be the NFC East in the late 80s and early 90s when you had the, the Redskins, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles could all be good at the same time. Then plus, you throw in the 49ers out west and that, you know, they were the best team a lot of times. You had five teams every year that were pretty much in the mix every Year to either. All with good quarterbacks. Right. All of them. All and, of them. And, Tom, and Tommy has never had a good quarterback in his division in the, what, 17 years he's been in the league? Um, never had a good quarterback in his division. Are, are, are you implying that? Chad Pennington's not a Hall of Famer? <laughs> no, probably not. That Vinny Testaverde on his fourth team when he was doing the Jets was... <laughs> Man, I mean, look, they were Ryan pretty good. Ryan Fitzpatrick, they had one nice year for the nah, Jets. I, listen, I, 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 I know. Dude, uh, listen. I mean, Drew Bledsoe, I mean, maybe he had a decent season. What about when E.J. Manuel was on the Bills, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or Christian Ponder, was he also on the Bills, too? No, he wasn't. Uh, he was drafted in the same draft, I think, as E.J. Manuel. Two of the worst first-round picks ever, throwing Jake Locker. Um, so, yeah, so look, that's it. I mean... Uh, I'm of course, of course, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm excited. It's interesting. Look, it certainly makes me. It's, it's definitely interesting, right? I mean, Caldwell certainly was not the most interesting figure uh, around. And, you know, who cares about interesting? I just care about wins, really. But um, you know, as as a fan, it'll give me something to be extra interested in, in including. 
the maybe, draft. Maybe we'll get a little more information on uh, on subjects such as injuries and, and things of that nature. <laughs> well, probably not coming from the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, as you know, they guard uh, injury right. reports as if they're state secrets. So, um, yeah. By the way, a lot of teams are, 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 are adopting that methodology. Talk. Nobody talks about injuries in the NFL anymore. Yeah. That seems to be a league-wide thing. I and mean, the Patriots started it, but it's a league. Right? Your, your team doesn't. To divulge any injury information, do they? Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think any more, any less than anyone else. By the way, I don't care. How about that also? Do I care? I mean, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not coaching yeah, I mean, the team. I mean, the, the red robot, I mean, he's notorious for, oh, we're going to take it day by day. Right. That's what I'm saying. They give you nothing, but uh, that's we're, fine. We're just going to concentrate on having a good Wednesday. Right, but that, that, that's fine. That, that's what they should do. Right. What do you want to you you announce to the other team? Yeah, this guy's got a bad knee, so then he can go try and hurt his knee. Well, the, the owner. Game. The owner general manager will do that because he can't <laughs> help himself. But, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why people get all bent out of shit. They get all annoyed with that stuff. Like, who cares? I mean, if the Lions had a very clear policy. If it's a major injury, guy's going to miss multiple games and or the season, they let you know. Otherwise, if it's a week-to-week thing, you know what? They, they're not giving you anything. And we're going to take it day by day. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Finally, uh, unless there was anything else you wanted to talk about, Super nah, Bowl, football-related, uh, Knickerbockers. Got about nine minutes here we can devote to the absolute – Train wreck that so, the like, Knicks have know, turned six into. Six weeks ago, whatever, maybe about like twenty games into the season. Yep, when the Knicks uh, looked like they had maybe even more. Going. I think they were seventeen and fourteen or something like that. Maybe thirty. Like they were heading in the right direction. Correct. It KP like, was playing like well. They had, they had a couple te- couple players you could build around, and then it looked like uh, you know like they had a lot of nice spare parts that you know if you brought in some some serious talent, you could have something. Well. Uh, it was a little, little jump the gun there. Also, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, the singer, yes, was playing lights out basketball the first couple, you know, first few weeks of the season. Yes, he was, and he hit the wall real quick. Yeah, which is, by the way, I'm sorry, he's in his third year. I mean, uh, I understand I, I like not to hit the wall after his third week. Thank you. <laughs> the, third, you know, right, two months in the season, 22 years old. You shouldn't be getting tired, which he said, by right. the way, yeah, I know. which yeah. was embarrassing. Uh, you know, they after you know thirty games in the NBA at twenty two years old, I mean, he was old. dominating those first few weeks. He was, he was. Um, I mean, you knew it wasn't going to keep up that pace. He's averaging thirty a game through the first eight games of the year. Um, here's a problem with the Knicks, in my humble opinion. Uh, one, they don't have a point guard, right? Jared Jackson, nice backup. He's right, not right, a starting yeah, exactly. He's an okay backup. Okay backup. Uh, the French, Frankie French is uh, a disaster. He's an absolute disaster. The fact that we get excited from an 11.5 assist game and everybody does a happy dance tells you all you need to know. He is an unmitigated disaster. Not saying it's going to always be an unmitigated disaster. He is not I wouldn't, I wouldn't, NBA ready right now. I would say, yeah, but I wouldn't call him an unmitigated disaster. Okay. I would say, you know, I think, you know, again, you're, in his case, he's 19. I get you're it. Drafting, you know, you draft him for what you think he can be. I understand so, that. So, yeah, but he's, uh, That's, he's, and he's seeing less and less minutes now, too. Yeah, because he's bad. <laughs> he's just flat out bad. Now, the Knicks are at the point where the playoffs are pretty much all but a dream. So he may as well just play from here on in and see what you got. Right. Uh, although Trey Burke, who they recently acquired, uh, pretty well. has, and he's young. He's 25. He he, he was a, a, the— Drafted ahead of—, of um, Tim A. Tim Martin. Here. Tim Played on the same team in college in Michigan. Uh, he was the ninth pick of the draft by the Jazz. It flamed out. They had a decent rookie year. Had a bad second year. They had a coaching change. Second coach didn't like him. Uh, Quinn Snyder. They moved him to Washington. He didn't do very well there. Uh, seemed to be a big wake-up call for him. He's played by like six, seven games to the Knicks. He's played really well in about five of them. Mm-hmm. He's little. He's not a very good defender because he's tiny. But he gives the Knicks something that no other point guard on the team has. Which, he can actually score? Uh, well, he could score, and he actually also could beat somebody off the dribble and, and draw a defense and penetrate and create shots, which is basically the whole NBA right now. If you don't have a point guard that can penetrate and draw a defense and then kick it out to three-point shooters, you cannot play in the NBA anymore, basically. Yeah. That's basically the whole – every good team right now, they do that for the most part. Um, and the Knicks don't have anybody who can do that. He's shown in a very small sample size he might be able to do that. Um, if you watch the game, you know a couple things. You're gonna you're gonna watch them give up at least ten wide open threes. 
It's incredible. Yeah. I've never and seen at least team... once a game they will foul a three point shooter. <laughs> yes, that is so true. The guy will hit all three three throws too. <laughs> Correct. Uh, As usually down the stretch. Always. It's always when they have a two point lead. M- much, much to the horror of Clyde Frazier. Yeah, <laughs> that's his ghastly, ghastly. defense. Yes, uh, and that's my. And that, which brings me to my third point. By the way, did you? Did, and this was a while ago. Did you catch that collapse against the Pelicans from a couple weeks ago? They blew a 19-point lead yes. in the third yeah, quarter, yeah, and they yeah. lost uh-huh. in overtime. Yeah. They, they did the same inbounds play back-to-back, and the ball got stolen. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. um, That's the same game that Jared Jack actually he inbounded the ball off somebody's uh, correct scored, and then later he, he turned the ball over. On correct. But he had to resort to the trickery. Because nobody can get open. Because nobody can get open on an inbound play. Which, right. by the way, it plagued the Knicks for, what, 30 years? Has it been yeah, an issue correct. for about 30 years at the Knicks? <laughs> about. <laughs> um uh, so uh, they blow leads constantly. They're terrible they are late so bad in games. So yes, you know they're not going to score. They did it yesterday. They did it against Milwaukee on Friday night. They did it again yesterday. Uh, they blew a six-point lead. Hardaway got an offensive rebound off a missed foul shot by Porzingis. By the way, is is quickly proving to be a choke artist down the stretch in games, missing fourth quarter foul shots constantly. He was two for five from the line yesterday. Unacceptable. Um, missed the second shot there. Hardaway gets the rebound. Instead of pulling the ball out with a four-point lead in about goes 40. Right back up. Goes right back up with it, of course. Misses the shot. Uh, then turns the ball over on the next uh, second-to-last possession. He steps on the end line uh, coming off an inbounds play. Um, the and, and, and in between both of those, what did the Knicks do? He gave up wide Open threes, which is right. Which is what so they did. a four point game turned into a two, a four point lead with forty seconds left, and the ball turned into now a two point deficit with six seconds left. It's ridiculous. You're not even close to being to thinking you're going to win the game with the, a four point lead and the ball. It, it's it, the, the thought doesn't even cross you. Like you know, you, you think like you know what? We have a shot. We could possibly win this. Game. Maybe by the skin of our teeth. They they have no and Porzingis said it. They have no idea how to win. Uh, he's 100% right, which leads me to the coach. Who Look, I want Jeff Hornacek to be the answer. He's not the answer. I'm sorry. You can't have these constant late-game collapses and it not be the – I'm not saying it's all the coach, but it's not not the coach either. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't constantly blow leads late in games. You can't constantly have these breakdowns in the last minute, the last 40 seconds of these games. Uh, again, this is against the Hawks, Aaron. This isn't against the, uh, the, the, the Spurs. 16 wins. They had 4-20 four, on the road before yesterday. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's against the Hawks, who are terrible. It's against the Bucks the other night are okay, but, I mean, they're not exactly a juggernaut yet. They just fired their coach. Um, I know they played well since they fired Jason Kidd, but whatever. I mean, my, my point is that that's the other thing. Against the Bucks, Knicks struggle to get a bad shot in a tie game. Bucks get a, a layup out of their best player to win the game. I mean, that's that, that. There you go. I mean, the Knicks. Uh, look, I understand Porzingis is twenty-two. It's his third year, um, and I'm not saying he's not a talented player. I'm not saying he's, this is who he's going to be. You hope he gets better. The thing that disturbs me about him is I don't see. I he 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 is, settles for bad shots way too easily. I don't see a, a grit and a determination that is necessary. If he wants to be the guy. Now, if you want him to be your second or third best player, that's fine. He could be that, and he'd be really good at that. But this idea that the Knicks are going to put all their eggs in the Kristaps Porzingis basket right now, to me, is folly. He has not shown nearly enough to think that he... He did the first few weeks of the season, and it's like he hit the wall, and he, he wants to be the man. But, uh, it's- but those things came very easily. When the chips are down and teams... Aaron, against the Bucks the other teams night, are really are really uh, being much more physical with him now, and he can't deal with it. Well, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. Against the Bucks the other night, I know you didn't see the game. The reason why the Knicks got a bad shot off, they put Matthew Della Vadova on Kristaps Porzingis. You know who he is? He's a gritty little short. He's like a six-two point guard. Yeah, he was guarding yeah. Porzingis. That's, Porzingis was only six-two. Yeah. Uh, maybe 6'3", whatever. Hmm. Uh, even if he's 6'5", Porzingis is 7'3". Get your ass in the paint and post up a guy who's 6'5". And get and present yourself to get the goddamn ball. How about that? 
And he couldn't even do that. And so the Knicks had to swing it to the other side. And, of course, they get a rush shot with three seconds left on the 24 shot. You know they're never – that's the other thing. They, they never get off a good shot. Exactly. But that's a that's a big problem if your guy. Yeah, but this has been going on for for fifteen years. <laughs> well, that's, twenty years, right? whatever it is. That's true. That's true. But uh, I'm just saying it's. It, I, I have grave reservations about the fact that we just we all we're already assuming that Kristaps is going to be the face face the franchise. I think it's folly. All right, that'll do it for tonight's show. As always, thank you for listening. You can catch us on. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, now we go into a bit of a dead zone. A lot, a lot, a lot of platforms there. Oh, dude, I'm a social media maven, as you know. <laughs> Apparently. Yes, indeed. Uh, actually, also stay tuned for a new website coming out. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I am on it, my man. Um, Technology. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a dead zone from here on in. I think we'll pick up uh, maybe with the... Some combine slash pre-draft, uh, perhaps. Well, if that doesn't get people excited, I don't know what. <laughs> Boy, we've officially bottomed out, haven't we? Uh, yeah, all right, we may have to go back. We, and, we might have to get some uh, get some uh, some flying raptors in here. Yeah, we may have to go back to the drawing board. We may have to Edgy do a format. Yeah, we may have to do a non a non sports uh, show for our next show. Maybe a music show. All right, that'll do it. As always, ponder th- that. Thanks for listening. And peace out.